What does working at Amazon teach you for your life as an entrepreneur? Why get a CTO co-founder, even though you're, you're technical yourself? And how can you build a remote team? These are the questions we're answering today. Welcome back to the Product Stories Podcast, hosted by Victor Peralnik. This podcast helps founders like yourself to find leaner ways to build successful SaaS products. Marin Smiljanic, CEO of OmniSearch, tells his story of going from Amazon engineer to startup founder, why he hired a CTO even though he's a developer, and how he builds a remote team. Marin, welcome to the show. Thank you, Victor. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, it's it's a pleasure. I've been looking forward to this one because it's a great story. H- how have you decided, I mean, let's start from the beginning, how have you decided to become a developer? So I think that, you know, that this traces way back, really. I think that in, in elementary school, I had a little bit of a talent and interest in math. So it, it really came came through that. And then during high school, I went to a really, really great mathematical slash computer science high school here in Croatia, which, which is where I'm from. And I really found it interesting. We first learned a little bit of Pascal. I had really good teachers. And then also there was just a community of people that really liked programming. So that that's kind of how I got into it. I got into doing programming competitions and algorithms. And then, you know, later on, I sort of leveraged that into industry experience. And how did you then end up at Amazon? So that was actually a multi there's there's many years in the story actually between between starting out and there but um You mean during, between grad school? Yeah, uh, probably. <laughs> between no, between graduating high school and and that <laughs> no but but basically so after I had finished high school I was very eager to get some industry experience. And so one of the first things that I did, and one other thing that I should mention is that my dad also owned a software company. So that's that's always been an inspiration to, to, to go into the industry. So I would say that my sort of first big taste of big, serious tech companies was when, when I did an internship at Facebook, which was probably third year of college. And then decided to try out a startup, and that was a st- uh, not building my own, but joining one. That was a startup called MemSQL, or nowadays Single Store. Worked there for a while, and then sort of decided that I would that I would like to try out, you know, one of the one of the fangs. And this was the th- this was a time when AWS was really 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 picking up, like tremendous growth. And so I was actually pretty interested in doing some part of AWS. So I applied to the S3 team and then got the job there. Cool. I mean, especially working for AWS. And obviously, I guess Amazon generally hires good engineers, but AWS really highly technical. So this is great. That that means it must mean you're a good engineer. And I'm just pointing that out for, for later in our story, because that, that is super relevant. But now when it comes to Amazon or the other startup, uh, did that help you? With your own business, do you have you learned anything that you leverage right now? It was a very different situation in these two, and even the teams within Amazon were were different situations. So for the startup part, that was actually pretty useful because it was still fairly small, which means that you can, if you're an engineer, you still have exposure to a bunch of the function other functions in the company. So you you'll essentially be able to talk to the to the VP of sales. To the to the marketing people, to the PMs, and so on and so forth. So that was really interesting in that 
you could actually get a better feel for what they were doing and how they were doing their jobs. And you also could see fundraising maybe a little bit up close, although not entirely. That was mostly done by the founders. I think that for the Amazon part, I really had two teams, two main teams. One was S3, as I said, and the other one was Alexa. So we were building email integration for Alexa. And these two were, of course, very different altogether because S3 is one of the most complex technical, technically speaking, systems in the world. It's a huge, like vastly distributed system, very high reliability, very mission critical. So that was phenomenal when it comes to designing systems, understanding distributed systems, understanding the key primitives of building stuff that scales. On the other hand, it didn't move at quite as fast. Because obviously, you know, if, if it does move fast and something goes wrong, then you've got an outage of, you know, a third of the internet. Hiring a perfect team isn't a piece of cake, is it? To find a good candidate, you need to post a job on multiple job boards, review like 100 CVs, conduct at least a dozen initial interviews to make sure there's at least a single specialist you would like to hire. But with Superb Hire by Trust Shore, you can forget about all of the hiring headache. Find, meet, and hire skilled and dedicated assistants ready to take over marketing, sales, administrative, customer support, data entry, or other tasks. Contribute to your business growth and help you reach your goals. Superb Hire takes care of the entire recruitment process. You just have to show up for the final interview. Visit SuperbHire.com and book a free, no-commitment call to learn more. It's SuperbHire.com. So... The next one, Alexa, was, you know, I would say that, that it was less hardcore when it came to the tech. But on the other hand, it really, the effort was really to ship fast and to, to bring new products to the market. So I would say that these two balanced each other out pretty, pretty nicely because one taught you to, to ship, the other taught you really hardcore technical stuff. I'm not sure how, how big, obviously, a team like the Alexa team would be, but was it like a startup within a company? Do they structure it that way? It was at that point pretty, pretty big. Like I, th I think even now that they're saying that it's several thousands of people. So it wasn't it, it wasn't really a startup, but the, the teams were organized in a slightly more startup-y fashion because everyone would have their own dedicated PM and and so forth. So you would kind of have this philosophy of, you know, two pizza teams just working together on on a self-contained part of the product. Got it. Cool. Okay, that that does make sense. And when and how did you then decide that you need to found your own business? I think it's always been a dream. I think it's it came from, you know, both my dad being a, a tech entrepreneur from, you know, reading just a lot of Joel Spolsky and, and Paul Graham and, and these dudes. So that's always been fairly, you know, inspiring to me, not to mention the standard, you know, mythology of, of Jobs, Gates, Musk, and, and whatnot. By the way, Musk wasn't even as relevant back then, but definitely like Jobs, Bezos, uh, Gates, and, and these guys. So I would say that, that it's been a dream for a pretty long time. And there was a certain point at which I was thinking, okay, now I feel is, is the right time to do it, just because if I wait longer, I might have a little bit less courage to, to do it later on. So I decided to really bite the bullet there and head out cool how did you how did you do that what was your the first thing that you kind of started yeah so it was actually uh my the first thing that i that i ever started was a uh news aggregation and recommendation engine slash app 
So it basically had its own algorithms that would, you know, you had crawlers that would aggregate news from all the different different sources, and they would do the, it would do that pretty fast within a couple of minutes after they were published at the source. And then it would learn from your clicks and figure out topics and sources and so forth that, that you were interested in and make good recommendations. So it was actually a pretty good product, but, you know, suffered a little bit from distribution problems and just overall stand, standing out from the crowd. Got it. Did you do that on your own? Yeah, I, I did that on my own. Well, I mean, I was I was the solo founder. I had uh, people working with me, including you know a, a COO who was who was sort of part time as well as a really great great mobile developer. But I, I was the solo founder. Did you start that like part time next year job, or did you like actually quit Amazon? No, to I, qu- do this? I quit. I, I quit, and this was actually like one one of the conversations that I had with my with my boss at the time at Amazon. And this is a guy that you know that, that I really love. He's been incredibly influential in my career. So sh- shout out to Michael. But we were basically talking about this when I when I had decided to start something on my own, and it was actually fairly recently after I got a promotion too. So it was it was actually kind of eyebrow raising, but I kind of thought that I would never be able to do it properly and with the proper intensity if I kept the job. And so we talked about it a, a bunch, and he understood and g- gave his blessing. Awesome. Uh, but but you say that that really, you, you had to sunset that one, right? Yeah, yeah. That I worked on probably a bit over a year. And it was, you know, it was it was a good product. It's still operational. It's got a really good engine. It's got a good API. But yeah, at a certain point, with these consumer apps in particular, you either, you either go to the moon or you're not going to be able to sustain it. So then you you said, wait, let's do B two B, or or how did that go? So no, I think that at that point I was I was thinking about you know we need to we need to properly pivot, and I probably need to need to get someone else to do it with me, a partner. How did you find someone? So you you said, okay, I need a co-founder for for the sake of sanity, accountability. What was your thinking? Because I there's many reasons. That is actually a good question. I. Uh, Primarily for the for the bandwidth, and also for, I think there was a part of sanity. Yeah, so <laughs> you, you do feel you do feel that it's easier to to work with someone else and just sort of be, be focused on the same mission and kind of lift each other up. So that that was the main the main motivation. Was that the the CTO person or someone else? Yes, yes. So this was this is my co-founder Mate who we've actually been friends for over 10 years now and we met met through programming competitions where you know I was I was teaching like an advanced algorithms course at my old high school and so he was one of the students he was actually a couple of years behind me but you know he was he was really it was a talented generation and he was one of the top people there so you know he he really had great great chops great technical skills and that's why I'm like, okay, well, I think you should join a CTO. Cool. Um, and, and that's really the interesting question I want to get into because I pointed out earlier, right, that you must be a really good developer. And you said, obviously, you, you still write some code, but ultimately, you didn't decide to get a co-founder that's kind of uh, has has other skills, right? You, you decided to get a CTO. And I would love to hear a thinking about this because I think this is super, super smart, but most people do it a different route. 
I think there there's a couple of there's a couple of reasons. One of the things is that when you're building something that is highly technical, like what we're building in OmniSearch, it pays to it pays for the CEO to be technical. That's just fairly important. You can have a business guy running it, but you know, I I think that you should be able as the CTO to as the CEO really to to have a good hang of the tech. And really, I think but I think that one of the one of the reasons why the arrangement was as it was is that I did see that it was that it was important, you know, like you said, to to have the business side well covered. So I'm like, okay, well, I feel that I should do it. So even even though I'm also a technical guy and you know I like to think a very good one. It's important to to have that combination where you are technical, but then where where you also, you know, really deeply focus on the business side. So I thought, you know, it, it was a really good combination overall. Cool. So you are the one who then said, okay, you know, I'll I'll leave at least the tech leadership to you. Obviously we still brainstorm stuff like why not? We're the founding team. But I'll go take care of business development and I'll just learn it, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's awesome. How, how did that go? How, how was that experience for you? Well, it's been interesting because, you know, nothing really prepares you for it. See, the startup that I was at, Single Store, it, it helped a little, but not really to 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 that extent because it's one it's one thing to, you know, passively observe you know how how the other functions in the company do their job and it's completely different when you got to you know do it yourself when you got to create your own shot and so that was interesting because it was really a baptism by fire you can you can't learn it other than by doing yeah 100% it but would you say that that the fact that you understand your product so well technically would you say you're maybe even better at the business development than say a marketer that you just bring in with no deeper understanding of the tech itself? Yeah, yeah. I I definitely think so. And also, you know, there will there will be a time obviously when that that can get delegated, but even when you're when you're talking about sales and marketing people, you do want people who have a fairly good technical understanding. I mean, at the very least, at the level of like how APIs work and and stuff of that sort. Yeah, totally. Um, I think at this point we we should indeed clarify what your new product that you pivoted to does because it indeed is highly technical. So that might also play a, a part in that in that in that decision. Yeah. So OmniSearch is basically, as I like to call it, search for everything. So it's basically a search product that enables you to find information inside any kind of file, any kind of content type. So audio and video are actually our most uh, most differentiated feature. And so what that basically allows you is to search for keywords and find exact moments inside those kinds of materials where, where that occurs. And, you know, the motivation for that was obviously, you know, training videos at Amazon. That that was pretty, pretty annoying, searching through hours and hours, finding information, and it just sucked. So, but beyond that, really, we, we also cover a whole lot of different file types just in a single place. So from audio and video to docs, to text, and to images, to slides, whatever comes to mind. So we completely make this, make it effortless for the customer to extract the contents from these kinds of materials and just to make it searchable in a single place. 
And the one other thing that I would say is that we are primarily, in terms of use cases, we're primarily targeting site search use cases. And what that means is basically customers integrating us into their sites to power the search bar. Got it. So this is not really, what you provide is not really um, uh, an app or a widget that someone downloads in their machine, but this is really rather for other services, service providers, software companies that want to provide their users with a better search on whatever they have. Exactly. And obviously, you know, with the, with the tech being so flexible, there's many different directions that it can take 10 years from now. But for now, really, site searches are bread and butter. Got it. And here it, of course, makes a lot of sense that the primary salesperson is a tech guy because you might be talking to a developer or to a CTO who's looking for the right solution, I guess. Yeah, totally. How did that pivot go? Did it take you long to figure out, okay, uh, from, because I, I see the similarity, right? News aggregation to search across sites and, and, and items. It is a, maybe not the same, but a similar mechanism. Uh, how, how did you validate that? So it was basically well, one of the main things was just building building it out and really, you know, building an MVP, launching it, recording a really good demo and just showcasing it to people. So the, the demo has always it, I, I'm even I even kind of would want to show you one if, if we had the, the capacity to do that, because the demo has always been the most impressive part, because there's it, it really does look magic when you, you know, type something in and you just jump to the right spots. So the demo served as as the the lead magnet, so to speak. Okay, that makes sense. How 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 did you uh, generally maybe even from the first product, how did you fund that? Did you have funding or or is it is it bootstrapped? So the the news product was basically bootstrapped. This one was bootstrapped for for a while until August, I believe, last year when we raised our pre-seed funding. Well, congratulations on that one. And from that, obviously, with funding, with or without, it's you, it's your co-founder. You are based in? So I'm I'm basically based in Vancouver. I'm, like I said, originally Croatian. I've been in Canada for about five, over five years now. But now I'm kind of then in between Canada and Croatia. And my co-founder is here in Zagreb. Cool. So you're in Zagreb right now. Awesome. Zagreb, Croatia. And obviously we, what we do a lot is build teams in Eastern Europe, but for you, this came even more natural, right? You're, you're, well, the broader term of Eastern Europe, of course, but for you, this came even more natural since you're from, from Croatia. So how did you, how did you go about, um, and your co-founder is from Croatia. So is that kind of the natural direction um, where we're building a team entirely in Zagreb or do you also build it somewhere else? I think the, the idea is basically to, to build the development team in Zagreb and then build, build the business side of the company somewhere in the, somewhere in the U S or Canada. I think that, that that's a good division because at the end of the day, like when you have salespeople that need to be on calls, it's worth being in the same time zone as the US really. And not to mention that I, you know, generally, generally do like US salespeople and, and business people a lot. I do think that the, you have a lot more people that have been there, done that. You have people that have been in unicorns that, that have been able to scale certain functions within a company. And so that that's really what motivates me on that side. But I've always been a believer that 
you know, th- there's a lot of development talent in the wor- in the world, and that you know, just focusing on somewhere in in America doesn't doesn't really make sense because you have you know phenomenal people around the world. I I recent I at some point some years ago. Somebody say on Quora that like 90% of the, the best developers are in Silicon Valley. And I thought, that, like, thinking about it, I, I think it's total, total BS. <laughs> okay, that, 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 that makes a lot of sense, that division, actually. So are you structuring it as a remote first company or more like two hubs, two offices? I think that you know, we're, we're pretty flexible on, on remote because a lot of people are, are really used to it as a, as a perk at this stage. So we'll, we'll have to see how it goes because if, if people, if we see that, that people are so much used and used to working from home, then we'll have a bit of flexibility there. I, I do feel like we should get an office and then have, have at least the possibility of people, you know, working together because I do feel that at least for the dev team, it's important to, you know, just have whiteboard sessions, brainstorm a little and just build chemistry. Totally. And then I guess that the team retreats either way, right? Probably to get everyone together in a room. But um, one important thing also, I mean, you, you said that you live in Vancouver in Canada, and that's obviously on the West Coast. And it, it's much easier on the East Coast, but West Coast really to um, Croatia, that's a nine-hour time zone difference. Does that create any any trouble for you, or are you navigating around that? I mean, it's not it's not trivial, definitely, because you need you need to find some overlap, and that's not going to be you know some someone's going to be outside of their regular working hours. But at the same time, I do feel that if the trust is good enough, and if the if the team members are you know responsible, and I would say have enough individual initiative then it's it's possible definitely to coordinate via Slack and just have check-ins on on Google Meet and and stuff of that sort. Um so I would say yeah if you if you know each other and you function well as a team then it's not it's not a big deal. Like for for us it has not been a big deal. Yeah, obviously because development uh in a in a big in a big way if it's if it's laid out well at least for the given sprint then it's it's a self-driver in essence, right? but uh, with a bit of overlap. So we also see that work really well if it's if it's set up well. But then again, sometimes it, of course, gives you a few challenges. However, what's your what's your plan for the near future? What's what's the long term mission and what, what's going on right now with an Omni search? So I think that, you know, tactically speaking, we're, we're hiring. We need to hire hire a developer. That's that's the plan. We will also be. Uh, you know, potentially adding adding some more salespeople to help out with with the whole sales process and lead gen and and all that, but we're not we're not I would say at this point super aggressive when it comes to hiring because we we like to keep to keep the runway reasonable and not you know be at a position where you need to raise within three months or or you're dead. So we're kind of you know being being careful about and deliberate about it, but. At the same time, yeah, now's the time to to hire a really good developer and to, you know, start start working on some other features. Now, in terms of in terms of the roadmap, really, I would say that there's you know a couple of a couple of different things that that we will be working on, uh, just covering a lot of different data sources and making it super easy for people to ingest data into OmniSearch. Like for instance, connecting your drive, and then having on our side like a mini crawler that'll that pulls everything. And just ingests it into Omni. 
So apart from that, we also have certain features that are that that are required for, so to speak, enterprise readiness permissions and security features and, and that sort of thing. And then just just a bunch of other you know standard architectural scalability changes and and so forth. Apart from this, we also want to make it super super easy to for people to integrate it into their sites wherever their site may be. That's a great roadmap. I wish you all the best with that. Sounds really cool. Love what you're building, um, and and thank you so much for being on the show. Where can where can people find more about you in OmniSearch? So I think the, the the best way is to uh, yeah take a look at our site omnisearch.ai, and then also LinkedIn. So we have a we have a company LinkedIn or connect with me on LinkedIn, and I'm also on Twitter. So I think that's the that's the best way. Awesome, perfect. Thank you so much. Yeah, totally. Thank you. This show is brought to you by Trustshoring, your friendly concierge to find reliable and tested software developers from Eastern Europe. We recruit full-time developers, match you to an experienced software house that's ideal for your requirements, or recommend a reliable freelancer for smaller projects. But most importantly, you benefit from our experience of developing software remotely for almost 10 years. We give you one-on-one guidance all the way, so you're never lost. Stop the tedious hiring or vetting process and get matched to reliable talent. Sign up for a free consulting call with one of our experts today. Go to trustshoring.com.